The NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment. Coors Light. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus catch. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Welcome to the NBA Gambling Podcast. It is Friday, June 4th. Good morning, NBA DGENs. It is a great morning for me. I mean, it is raining like crazy where I am at. If you hear thunder in the background, I apologize. But my sons vanquished the evil, evil Lakers last night. I couldn't have been more exciting watching that game to see a 24-year-old Devin Booker go off. I mean, I've He's becoming a true superstar. I feel like we always get a, a a new superstar guard in the playoffs. Last year, it was Jamal Murray. This year, it can only be Devin Booker. I'm so excited. I might be all over the place this morning. But uh, here to guide me through episode 190 to keep me on track, we've got Scott Rochelle. How's it going, Scott? Doing pretty well. Uh, congrats once again for having a team advance into the second round. I also know that you had money on them to win that series against the Lakers. So not only did your team come through, but you also got to make some a little bit of coin on them. So really just a yes. win-win for you. Yeah, it was great. I had uh, two different bets on them to win the series. I, I put it before the series started, which was, I think, plus 140 or something like that I got it at. And then after they lost game two, was that plus 250 or something? I thought I got it at. So I, I didn't I didn't double down again after they lost game uh, three. I should have. Those odds would have been great. Um, but as you heard from me a week ago, just a week ago today, I was completely lost on the Suns. I felt like I lost hope. Uh, my wife even overheard me recording this podcast a week ago and was worried about me losing hope about the Suns. I can't believe I ever lost hope. I should have never lost hope. But I mean, AD going down, that was the big, the, that was the biggest thing. I mean, they, they, they were doing in games two and three, the Lakers were getting to the paint whenever they wanted when LeBron, AD, and one of their big centers was on the floor. They The Suns could not guard the paint with all three of those big guys out there without they would, being able to play without him being mobile. I mean, he tried to go five minutes last night, looked like shit, ended up walking off the floor. Um, I The Suns could do whatever they want as far as defense and offense. Uh, it looked a little bit hairy in the second half uh, after Booker was unconscious in the first half, putting up 30-something in the first half, uh, where the Lakers cut the lead from 29 down to 12 at one point, I think, and maybe even down to 10. And uh, I, I was definitely uh, chugging my whiskey a little, a little faster than biting my, biting my palm a, a little harder. But uh, they made it, and we're in round two, baby. We we knocked off LeBron's first ever uh, series one uh, play, uh, 
Series One playoff uh, exit. So uh, I'm excited. I, you, I, you can tell I'm I'm a little bit all over the place. What did you see from the game last night, Scott? Well, there wasn't really much to add. Uh, we talked about Booker, who was phenomenal, 22 points in the first quarter. He couldn't miss. You could just tell right from the get-go, get this guy the ball as much as possible and get out of his way because he was going to do whatever he could to actually get the job done in game six. Everything else I feel like was pretty straightforward. I know the Lakers put together a little bit of a run there in the second half. I can't say I'm too surprised. It was in the Staples Center. I didn't think they they would get run out by 30 like they did in game five. So I wasn't surprised to see the Lakers – uh, you know, potentially make it a little bit more interesting than you probably wanted it to be down the stretch. But at the end of the day, AD was the story. Uh, we knew going into the game that, first of all, the one thing we did know going in was nobody knew if he was going to play or not. And it seemed like the Lakers' medical staff took all the time in the world to actually make the announcement. And now you know why. It was because at no point did Anthony Davis look like he should have been out there. You could just tell right from the opening tip-off he could not move. And I know that they needed him because it was an elimination game and everything like that. But you could tell from the first defensive switch, simply from moving around on offense, that was the issue. He could not move. It looked like Willis Reed walking out there without the two <laughs> jump shots. So I was not surprised that Davis only played five. You could tell something was extremely wrong during the first couple of possessions. And then once he came out of the game, he went to the locker room. Of course, you have the classic gamesmanship, always questionable to return. I'm like, I don't even know if he could walk to the locker room. Like, he's not coming back. Like, we yeah. know AD's not coming back. There was but, no question in my mind that he was not coming back. But they had to say, you know, we don't know. We're going to see what happens. Like, no, we know. He's, he's not coming back. But the point is, is that am I shocked that the Lakers team that got blown out by about 30 in game five also was in a pretty hideous situation in game six. No, because I think we know that the, this team without AD isn't exactly very good. Now, the supporting cast wasn't as bad as it was in game five. Schroeder was actually decent. Got off to a pretty slow start, but he ended up playing relatively well, had 20 points on six of 14 shooting, which doesn't sound great, but it's a lot better than 0 for 9. Meanwhile, uh, Caldwell Pope had 19 points, and they played better. But as a whole... Really not much else to say with AD going down. You knew the Suns, as long as they just didn't take their foot off the gas, we're going to win the game. And shout out to Jay Crowder, because that guy made a lot of big shots, and I don't think a lot of people expected Crowder to go six for nine in a series-clinching game. We saw how Miami struggled without him. We saw how valuable he actually was to Phoenix in this series. I think you'd agree that even though Booker definitely carried the load in this game and him and Aiden carried the load in the series. Aiden was invaluable in this series. He was fantastic. He was invaluable. He's finally able to look like a true defensive presence in the paint. I mean, coming into the league, everybody said that was his biggest weakness was his defense, uh, just an offensive first player. Chris Paul has been in his ear all season and it's really showed. I mean, he looks like a true professional center now uh, on both ends of the floor. I'm couldn't be more excited. I wish they had a actual backup center going into this matchup against the nuggets, but I, you know, I like Aiton's chances to at least slow down the, the MVP Joker, but um, yeah, 
before we get to that matchup, a couple other things about last night. Uh, Booker, eight for 10 from three-point land. That is his most uh, three-pointers ever in a game. I think he uh, his previous number was six, which he got in the first half. Uh, Jake Crowder, six for nine from three-point land. I mean, that was crazy. He started off three for three, had 18 points overall. When you have Jake Crowder giving you six for nine from three-point land, it's going to be hard to lose that game. Uh, campaign was great. Uh, you know, Chris Paul only had to play eight, uh, uh, 28 minutes, uh, had a seemed to re-aggravate that shoulder injury at one point, came off, sat down for a while, but looked decent when he came back in. You could tell his, his shot is a little off. He was um, the couple of times he got into the paint and was able to put up one of his patented floaters. It w- was short a couple of times, so he's definitely dealing with some pain there, has a couple of nights off before their next game. So hopefully he's able to heal that up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's, uh, I don't really have anything else except I'm just so excited for this team and I can't wait to see what they can do against Joker. But before we get to that matchup, we have to talk about the other game from last night. Okay, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with Win Las Vegas Experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. You're missing them by listening to this podcast. They're happening right now. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Well, the Suns won, so I was definitely celebrating last night. Celebrating a little too hard, maybe? Feeling a little sluggish this morning. Just having some whiskey, but you know what goes great with whiskey to celebrate? Coors Light. Do you always feel like you're always on? Because I do. I feel like I'm always on right now. And I always need a moment to chill. And you know what goes best with chilling? The beer that was made to chill. Coors Light. I love chilling on the beach recently. I just moved to North Carolina Beach House, and Coors Light is always in our fridge. There's a bunch of it in there right now. So when you need a break, when you need to chill, there is only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and the cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you know when it is time to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Trailblazers led most of the way, and then in the fourth quarter, it just became clear that the Nuggets were not going to go away and stepped up, played really well. Uh, Nurkic had five fouls going into the uh, into the last quarter. You could tell that that really seemed to get in his head as far as uh, trying to guard the Joker. And they blew it. They blew it at home. And now the Nuggets are going on to round two when everybody counted them out saying they couldn't get anywhere without Jamal Murray. What did you see in the game last night? Well, I think that you got to start off with the fourth quarter disparity as you talked upon it before. You had the Trailblazers up 14 late in the fourth quarter. And you look at Portland the first three quarters offensively, 33 points in the first. 35 points in the second, 33 points in the third. Fourth quarter at home in an elimination game, 14 points. I think it's safe to say Terry Stotts is unemployed. 
He's not keeping yeah. his job. I'll tell you that much. But that was my main takeaway. Portland offensively in the fourth quarter in a must-win game at home, completely shut down. And we've seen Denver at times play decent defense. For the most part, they're not a good defensive team. But they definitely looked better as the game progressed. Lillard at 28 points. He was pretty solid. McCollum at 21. He was okay. Other than that, though, you're going down the line, and Nurkic's foul trouble definitely hurt. It's actually kind of funny because Cantor didn't even play. That's how bad he was defensively in the series. They didn't even bother letting him see the court in game six for this matchup. Yeah. But Rondé Hollis Jefferson saw more uh, minutes. Yeah. And center position. Port- yeah. You saw Portland go smaller earlier in the series. I know we talked about it on the last time we ended up doing a show which was the fact that Hollis Jefferson allows them to switch more easily. So I did expect him to play a little bit more moving forward. But I think we can agree offensively, this team just really fell apart down the stretch. And you looked at Denver. I know Porter only had 26 points. He also had 20-plus in the first quarter. So he definitely helped Denver stay in the game early because Portland was firing on all cylinders to start the game. Jokic had 36, 8, and 6. He was fantastic on 13 of 22 shooting. Main takeaway for Denver was definitely Monte Morris off the bench, 8 for 16 from the floor, 22 points and 9 assists. He was fantastic off the bench, and I do think that he was definitely a very nice third option for this team that they didn't exactly have earlier in the series. You can argue maybe Austin Rivers with some big shots late, but Morris really did a ton when it comes to setting up teammates and getting his own plus 19 off the bench in 33 minutes. I thought he was the X factor for the nuggets in that game. Absolutely. He was great. He played, uh, yeah, he played 33 minutes, which was uh, 10 minutes more than the starter. Compazzo Compazzo had uh, gotten foul trouble in the third quarter that led to part of it, but Morris was having a great game before that as well. Um, but you're looking at it and you mentioned some big shots from rivers down the stretch, which was great. He only had seven points in 40 minutes though. I guess that's the thing that gives me the most hope going into this sun series is that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to be going up against Austin rivers, Compazzo and Monty Morris, who again, Monty Morris was great last night, but that was, his first great game in all series, right? I can't, did he, what did he do the rest of the series? Much at all? Well, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't involved in the first couple of games. He was very solid in that double overtime win that they had in game five. I know that Monte Morris did put in some good work there. You're looking at his numbers though. He had 28 points in that game, five assists, only shot 38.9% from the floor in that game five. So this was arguably his most efficient game shooting 50% from the floor and 50% from the three-point line. Earlier in the series, really wasn't much of a factor. It seemed like Denver kind of pivoted halfway through the series from Compazzo to Morris, and I think that made all the difference because Morris seemed to be a little bit more comfortable offensively. I think we'd agree Compazzo is a more of a facilitator when it comes to actually creating pressure on the defense and being able to create his own shot. Morris is definitely better than Composito in that area. Yep. I, think, I think that extra element was a huge reason why Denver was able to just overwhelm Portland offensively. Yeah, and, and Composito better on defense too as far as just being a, a pest and just getting up full court press on uh, 
Dame and on CJ when he was switched on to him as well. well CJ, we, know that no, we know that nobody was playing defense in this series anyway. So Denver just doubled down <laughs> on the offense and just went with it. But I had the That's over true. yesterday. It was just pretty easy money. Uh, looking at this matchup, though, I'm assuming you agree with me, but I'm just going to ask directly. I think you'll agree that Terry Stotch will probably already start packing his stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, it's time. I, uh, there was a lot of a lot of questions on Twitter last night whether that was Dame's last game in a Blazers uniform. I don't know about that. I don't have obviously we don't have any inf- inside information on that kind of thing. Um, but there definitely has to be a huge overhaul in Portland uh, going into next season. Yeah, definitely well put. The issue that I also have to bring up, which isn't really gambling related, but it's definitely a topic of conversation. When it comes to the thing you just talked about with the Lillard and how people are talking about how he might have to move on, get better teammates, get more help. There is such a double standard when it comes to loyalty in comparison to getting yourself actually good teammates. Because people gave Lillard a bunch of props when he stuck with Portland. You saw Durant hop around to a couple of very good teams. You've heard, you've seen players jump every now and then, mostly with the Warriors for the last couple of years and now the Nets. But Lillard was that one guy, kind of like Westbrook and OKC, where people looked over and said, I'm proud of you for staying with the team that you were initially with. And how'd that work out? Not well. So you're, it's a lose-lose because if you stay with your – local team and they're not exactly a big market franchise odds are your team's probably going to lose in the playoffs in the first couple of rounds but if you jump ship then you're a ring chaser and apparently you shouldn't value winning over loyalty but then if you want to be realistic you have a better chance at winning if you do that i don't think there's any way you could really win if you're a star player dealing with that type of scenario what do you think am i wrong here because i feel like lillard got a lot of props for staying loyal and because of that his teammates might not be that good because I don't think many superstars are sprinting to go to a portal. Here's what I was thinking last night when I was watching that game. And that is that as much of a superstar as Damian legitimately is and as awesome as he is, there's something about him that he doesn't seem to raise the level of play in his teammates to the same kind of level that a Jokic can raise the level of play for his teammates. It, I mean, we're getting good minutes out of Austin Rivers and a 30-year-old rookie in Compazzo. And a lot of that is because so much focus is on Joker and then he's able to distribute so well. Dame's numbers are amazing throughout that series, but his team, he just cannot seem to get the best out of his teammates. Obviously, I don't want to put that all on him, but I think truly great players, that's what it takes. You have to be able to raise the play of your teammates. LeBron does it. Joker does it. Chris Paul does it. Um, as far as whether you should, you know, these stars, can't, it's a lose-lose. Yeah, people are going to bitch either way. But I, I think that Jokic is going to be in Denver for his entire career. I think that, and that's rare. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, he's super young, so I can't say that outright. But he's shown that you can be in a smaller market and get your team deeper into the playoffs. Well, yeah, he's shown it, but it also depends on how good your team is at drafting because free agency hasn't exactly, I say, been the reason why Denver's been so competitive. They're competitive because they hit on Murray, they hit on Porter, and they've been really solid at drafting players. So you're talking about free agency. You might pick up a role player every now and then, like a Paul Millsap or a Jamichael Green, but for the most part, 
I think it's mostly just hoping that your small market team, kind of like Milwaukee, is able to hit on a superstar and then build around there and hope the superstar resigns long term. I understand your point about Lillard. I'm not going to roast Lillard because, of course, he was very good in the series. I think Lillard's a superstar, but there's a difference between being a superstar and being an MVP. I think that there's a reason why Jokic is going to win MVP and Lillard will probably never win that award. I don't want to sound like a hot take. I think we'd agree Lillard's probably not going to win an award for the MVP anytime soon. I'm not going to take that away from him, but it goes back to what I said earlier in the series, which was that Portland's issue was McCollum, not because of the fact that he was awful in game six. He wasn't. I actually thought it was pretty decent yesterday. But defensively, that backcourt is so bad with Lillard and with McCollum that I think they got to trade McCollum, if I'm being honest with you. I know that they had a couple of good moments in the past, make it to the Western Conference Finals, McCollum's block against Denver in game seven a couple of years ago. But McCollum was awesome at the beginning of the season before he got injured. I mean, yeah. not saying that that wasn't just a hot streak and it wouldn't have lasted if he hadn't got injured. I think, he, I think McCollum's a good player, but you look at the identity of this team and the main part of the identity was this team can't guard anybody. And you're just looking at this backcourt. They really can't guard anybody. I just think McCollum is the wrong partner for Lillard. You feel that way? Yeah. I mean, it's been said. We're not the first people to say it. And I think I'm, at this I'm just point. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And they've been one of the best backcourts. They've been in the top, you know, top five best backcourts in everybody's list in since the last five years. But I would say that at this point, I already said that there needs to be a, a big overhaul in Portland, whether that's getting rid of McCollum or getting rid of everybody but McCollum and Lillard. I don't know, but it's going to be a lot of changes and it's going to be time to finally. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do think that they're going to get rid of McCollum before they because the, they do everything in their power to keep Dame. But uh, we have to talk about the Suns uh, Denver matchup here. Now we mentioned that I we had both picked Portland coming into this the series because of the backcourt disparity of the talent in McCollum and Lillard, and then the lack of talent in the backcourt in Denver, I flip-flopped halfway through, and you gave me shit on Sunday for flip-flopping, but now I look right to flip-flop. However, uh, the Suns have shown they can play defense their backcourt. Obviously, Chris Paul, even hampered with his shoulder, is still a good defender at 35 years old. Um, Maybe I'm going to just be too optimistic here, but what do you think? I I think that the Suns can are going to have a much easier time with Denver than they did with the Lakers, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Well, I think the main point I have to make with Denver is the fact that this team also can't really guard anybody. So Phoenix should get a lot of open looks. However, we do got to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Chris Paul's injury. And the truth is how poorly he played against the Lakers. I know as a leader, he was fantastic. And I know that he had a couple of good moments. He had the game four performance, which was fantastic. But if you look at him in this series, he was not very good against the Lakers. I had a personal play on Chris Paul under 14 and a half points yesterday. He finished with eight. But in six games, he scored more than 10 points once. Less than 10, five times. So he really wasn't that great. You looked at his shooting numbers, shot 38.1% from the floor, 22.2% from three. And we know Chris Paul is a great free throw shooter. Shot 50% from the line. 
So clearly the shoulder was bothering him. He was still a good facilitator, but if you look at his minutes as well, he only played 30-plus minutes twice in the series. So Phoenix was managing his minutes quite well, but campaign definitely emerged. I still have serious question marks about Chris Paul's health because if you plan on making it deeper into the playoffs against an MVP candidate, you need your star point guard to shoot better than 38% from the floor. Do you, do you feel that way, or am I being too harsh on Chris Paul? No, I mean, you're absolutely right that his shoulder injury is going to continue being a problem, and he is not himself, and I would never claim that he was even anywhere close to 100%. However, I mean, he still had like 12 dimes last night, and so yeah. he, you, you mentioned he's still a great facilitator. I do think that they can find ways to game plan around his lack of mobility, his lack of, um, of shooting, but, you know, Obviously, Booker's not going to have 47 points every night, so that's a bit of a concern. But we he did look good in Game 4. It, it seemed like his shoulder was getting back to normal before he like ran up against... Uh, well, who was it? it was Matthews. Wesley. Wesley Matthews, yeah. And uh, it seemed to re-aggravate it, and, and then that kind of went down to uh, another bad pass. So maybe they can get... Over the next couple of days, they can get his shoulder back into the where it looked in Game Four. Hopefully, that's just, my biggest hope. I, I have to bring. It's it going to continue being a problem, though. Yeah, that, he, he's going to continue getting story. banged up. That's the main story. I know people are going to talk about Chris Paul help to the Suns, you know, and LeBron's perfect first round streak and stuff like that. But I don't think people actually realize how much the shoulder injury was impacting him because you know Chris Paul is being a very efficient player and a very smart player. Of course, the IQ is still there, but Chris Paul shooting below 40% in a series and 50% from the line sounds almost impossible, just knowing Chris Paul and how good he is at basketball. So I had to bring it up. I hope that he can look like he did in game four of this series moving forward, that the extra days off will help him recover. But I have to bring it up. That's going to be a huge storyline for the series. Yeah. And you said you saw an early line for game one of the Suns minus five and a half. And it's obviously yeah. in Phoenix. Uh, yes, um, but I do not have a total. Yeah, not seeing a series price yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm beside myself. I'm happy. Let's talk about tonight's one game that we have on the slate. And the one series one uh still going on as far as the clippers versus the mavericks i'm seeing the clippers giving up two and a half in dallas tonight uh there's a total of 216 and a half um right away i'm looking at the total as far as a bet i'm looking at the under 216 and a half uh the last two games have gone under we've seen the defense really tighten up um and the clippers look like they are able to at least slow down luca making all the rest of their players score more trying to beat them and when you have porzingis only taking i think he had eight shots last game which I mean, the Mavs are obviously still able to win, not able to put up as many points as we are known the Mavericks to put up. So right away, I'm looking at the total. What are you seeing uh, for tonight's matchup? We're on the exact same page. The first thing I noticed for this game was the under. Now you're just looking at the last couple of games. You had a pretty high scoring game two and game three. 
mostly because of some really hot shooting. I know game two, everyone was absurdly hot from the floor. Nobody could miss. That game landed 248, which I view as an anomaly because you'll get the rest of the games and they barely get into the 220s. But game three, Mavericks got off to a hot start. Clippers shot really well from the floor. Kawhi and Paul George did. I think Kawhi went 13 of 17 in that game. So that was also a pretty efficient performance. And then after that, game four had a very nice 187 combined. And game five had 205. I think that's more likely what you're going to end up seeing in this game, especially if the Mavericks keep using Boban in the starting lineup, because we know Boban can't exactly run the floor. So Dallas should play even slower with him on the court to try to force uh, the Clippers to beat them in the half court, which they kind of had a hard time doing since they only scored 100 points in that game. I really like the under, but I know we both didn't exactly talk about the spread because I don't exactly know what to think because the Mavericks are the home team. The home team's offer in this series. Does that change? Do I think the Clippers show up again? Or do I think they collapse in a big game once again? I feel like you can make an argument for either case. I know Kawhi has to do a lot better than seven for 19, which he shot in game five. Doncic with a bad neck or a bad uh, shoulder. Who cares? I'm going to score 42 points anyway. So I don't really know what to expect. Doncic is inhuman. He could easily go for another 40-something. You mentioned Porzingis, who took eight shots, hit eight points. We can agree that that trade, I respect the fact they went for something. It's a disaster. I'm going to call it what it is. That trade has definitely not worked out. All I know is I'll go with Dallas plus the points, but I feel a lot better about the under. You? Yeah, I'm also going with the under, and I'm probably going to – I don't know why, but I'm going to go with Clippers minus the points. Every time I've taken them you don't in the say, series – You don't have to say you don't know why. The Clippers are the better team. I mean, it's excuse for itself. I just don't trust this team. Yeah, it's so weird. I, I just can't figure it out. I mean, Ty Lue, he you know he switched around his lineup a little bit going into game five. He uh, you know started Batum at center in place of Zubac in game four, and that really seemed to work, uh, which is why Boban started playing more minutes because uh, the Mavericks clearly had to exploit the the lack of size of the Clippers. Um, and I so I don't know is. Does the Zubac play more minutes? He hasn't been great in this series. Uh, or do they go with Batum again? Where what do you and it looks like Serge is just not gonna play in this series. He's still injured. Yeah, well that was the main point I was gonna say is that had Abaka been healthy or healthy-ish, I don't think Zubak would ever play. And the main reason why is if you've looked at how he's performed in this series, I don't want to say he's been a black hole, but he's been really bad. And it seems like Dallas goes out of their way to just torture him when he's on defense every single possession, because you know he can't guard Doncic. He's not going to pretend he can guard Doncic. And when you're switching every pick and roll, you're going to have a lot of problems. Now, in his defense, Doncic killed everybody last game, so it didn't really matter who was on him. But I think Boban, I'm going to give Rick Carlisle some props because he saw the Clippers seem to just reinvent themselves by using no real center by using a bunch of wings and some guards. And he said, you know what? We might lose the series, but nothing's working. And if we throw out a seven-plus footer in Boban and we control the glass, maybe it'll do something. And it actually did something. I didn't think it would work because Boban's never actually on the floor pretty much on any team. He's a fun, I'd say, meme guy to have on your team, Mm kind of like a bowl bowl where you hope he does well, but you never actually see him on the court. And he was very good. 
And he's I the older Taco Fall. Yeah, I think we'd agree with that type of point where it's fun to see him when he's on the court, but it's mostly just, I don't want to say a gimmick, but I think you understand the point I'm trying to make. But no, I think people would never have expected that he would be the X factor of the series, and he has been. So props to Carlisle there. Tyloo's going to have to respond, and we'll see what happens. But I do think that the Clippers laying points on the road is a little bit interesting because – We've seen how Dallas is going to adjust. I don't exactly know what the Clippers can do because you can't go big again. You know, Don, you know that Zubak's going to get killed again. So you have to figure something yeah. out. I'm hoping Dallas wins because you were giving me some crap on the last show that you should have jumped in on the Clippers live line in the series. And then I said you shouldn't. And if they don't win the series, I don't care about the 2-0-2-2 comeback <laughs> about winning That's the true. series. So – I definitely feel a lot better about my, I'd say, cautious advice there uh, based on how the series is now. But we'll wait and see. If the Clippers win the series, I wouldn't be surprised. But it would be really, really funny if the Clippers intentionally punted the end of the season just to face Dallas and then lost in the first round, especially after the Lakers lost when they tried to avoid him in the first place. That would be so just perfect in terms of irony don't you think i absolutely agree and i'm I'm also now just kind of hoping that the clippers lose just for pure madness sake just because yeah. it's amazing that both uh, la teams co- both coming into it as the favorites to win the championship are bouncing in the first round um all right well scott i'm gonna let you get going um where can people find you so People can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio, all one word. Other than that, though, yeah, it's been a lot of fun being on the show. Congrats to your sons once again and to you for making money on them. And hopefully the run continues against Denver. And now we have a brand new segment called Crystal Ballers presented by PropSwap. This is where I look into my crystal ball and I tell you what Futures out there on PropSwap.com, I like that you can bet. You can go there right now. You can bet. You can use promo code SGP for up to $500 in bonus cash, meaning if you deposit $500, you get an extra free $500 to spend on bets at PropSwap. I mean, PropSwap is the premier app for buying and selling sportsbook. Okay, so now... Looking into my crystal ball, my favorite NBA futures available on PropSwap, and you know what I am seeing? The Phoenix Suns future to win the 2021 NBA championship. 50 to 1 odds, $50 ticket to collect $2,550. I mean, that is awesome. If you go try to get the Suns, future to win an NBA championship right now. I think that's like at 15 to one. So you get it at 50 to one odds, $50 ticket to win 20 over $2,500. That's right now on PropSwap. You can go buy that right now. You know what? You probably can't go buy that because I'm going to buy it right now, but you could buy other tickets that are just as great. So if you're in the market for some new futures, but you don't want to go to your local sports book and get shitty odds, you got to go to the place where you're just buying a ticket from another DGen just like yourself. So remember, for all your favorite futures, make sure to head to PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP for up to $500 
in bonus cash. Okay, and now I am here with Terrell Furman and Zhang Lee. I was trying to think of a nickname for you guys. I came up with Prop Brothers. You know, there's the Property Brothers. <laughs> we can be the Prop Brothers because you guys are my player props uh, experts here. Uh, prop Brothers from different mothers. I'm not sure what we're going with. Any ideas? I love it. I love it. It's just it's it's a good play on. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds good. We could uh we could let it ride for a few. Definitely. I like it. Okay. Close. All right. All right. Now how how are you doing this morning, Terrell? I know you had a uh do you had some money on LeBron and the Lakers last night. Didn't work out for you. Um, no, it did not. I had uh eleven thousand dollar payout on LeBron scoring thirty and the Lakers win. And uh Granted, I had other things on the parlay that were still going for the weekend, but I'm almost positive those are going to hit now. And so we'll uh, we'll talk about my other play on there a little bit later. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that, but that's what you get for uh, betting against my sons, man. I am sorry. The sons are just out of the... <laughs> Devin Booker was on another level last night. I've already talked about it a lot in this podcast with uh, Scott, but um, just an insane just game a, last uh, night. Just to just to talk about and hype Devin Booker real quick, like I've been talking about this for a while, guys. Like I told people in the bubble, like, oh, Devin Booker showed us a different side of himself. Like he's like this, he's not one of those bubble players. Like he's not like your, your Tyler Heroes out there or anything like that. Like Devin Booker is is legitly here. He's done this before and he just scored 47 and 11 in a in a closeout game. So uh CP3 is my guy. So I'm looking for the Suns to go all the way now. Yeah, well, me too, me too. Um, I I saw an early line actually on the uh, Suns, um, Suns Nuggets first game. I haven't seen a series price yet. Suns giving up five and a half at home game one. Just quick knee jerk. What are you guys thinking? Take the Nuggets. The plus Nuggets plus five. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I might, I might take Nuggets plus five. Ah, god I, damn it! Now I have to kick you <laughs> off of this call. However, uh, I, I it's think, a lot I think, of points. I, I, it's a lot of points for the MVP to give up a game one. Hey, I think, I think the Suns can win, but the Nuggets cover. You know, that's how I put it. All so. right, Terrell. I, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna play the narrative here because it's just early. I don't know what to think too much, but I'm playing narrative and. Chris Paul feels like he should have been MVP. Like, it hasn't been – I don't think it's been announced Jokic MVP, but that's what everybody's expecting. And I don't even think – and Chris didn't even make the top three voting. So, I think he has a, a lot to say in the MVP category. He might try to show out. And so, uh, why not? Give me the five. All right. All right. Um, okay, so we're talking – we only have – you know, we I usually have these guys on to talk about props and Fridays, parlays. We only have one game tonight to pick from, Clippers, Mavericks, and I just got done saying with Scott, I don't know what the fuck to make of this series. I don't know what the fuck to make about the Clippers. I don't know who to pick in tonight's game. The only thing I do like is the under, just based off of what happened the last two games, the last two unders going over, and it seems like the defenses that are tightening up and Porzingis is not getting as many shots, but... I don't want to step on any of your guys' points. Let's go with you, Terrell, first. What props are you looking at in tonight's game? Um, okay, so with props for this game, I think you got to uh, kind of understand how you think the game is going to go. That's what I've kind of noticed about these playoffs. Like, 
you gotta you gotta kind of get a feel for how the game's gonna go, and then you're really gonna like really snap on your props. Um, so I told people, I was telling people this earlier this week on um, like in a group chat I'm in, basically that I feel like everybody wants all these games to go to a seven, and I didn't think all of them were going to a seven. Like the easy answer was everybody want them to go to game seven, but. You know, now we have the Blazers and the Lakers who were knocked out last night. And the Lakers were the one team that I thought was going to seven. I didn't think the Clippers would get there. Now I'm kind of playing the narrative that uh, we're probably going to get one game seven out of these three. So I think the Clippers are going to win tonight. Um, and I think it's going to be on Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard is going to show up in a must-win situation. Uh, he kind of uh, he flailed out in that um, game against the Nuggets last year, that game seven where he only dropped 14 points. Um, but I think Kawhi Leonard is going to show out in this. He's They got a winner. They're going home. They saw the Lakers lose last night, and they're like, nope, this is our chance. Like, this is our only chance. We got to go out there and get it. So I got Kawhi Leonard over his points prop, 29 and a half. Um, I see it at 118 on my book. Uh, you could probably shop around, get a better price on it. But I think Kawhi Leonard's going to have a monster game tonight, and I don't think he's going to let the Clippers go home, especially after watching the Lakers lose last night. Yeah. Well, the public and sharp money is with you as far as 62% uh, of bets right now coming in on the Clippers uh, minus the points and 83% uh, of money is on the Clippers right now. And I like that uh, points prop over for Kawhi. I, I agree. I don't think he's going to let him go home. Um, well, I mean, they send it back home to game seven for to L.A., but I don't think they'll be knocked out tonight. Um, any other props you like? Yeah, um, and I'm just keep it simple with the last one I'm on. Uh, Tim Hardaway over two and a half threes. Uh, he's hit this points prop four out of five games in this series. Uh, you got to think that after Luca dropped that 40 piece uh, leg and thigh combo on him last game that he's just not going to let them. Uh, go crazy on them again this game. I think he's gonna, um, they're gonna try to show Luca a little bit more attention, try to make him pass the ball. And one of those guys that's the beneficiary of those passes is Tim Hardaway Jr. So Tim Hardaway Jr. over two and a half threes. Uh, I think I saw it at minus 110 on my book. And that's where I'm going with it. Just nice and simple. Awesome. All right. So just two coming from you tonight. Yeah, yeah, I don't have too much on this game. Like I said, I really don't know what to expect. There's a good chance that the Mavericks, they hate this team, and the home team's got to win at some point. Uh, the home team has not won a single game in this series in five out of the five games they played. So a home team has to win at some point. I'm, I'm just not sure if the Mavericks get it done tonight, but I think there's a good possibility. Like, this is just a, this is just a crazy game. I have no idea what to think. Yeah, yeah. All right, John, what do you got? I got Luca the Don. Luca the Don, um, over 30 and a half points, taking that over, hammering it. These Clippers, they don't know how to defend um, Doncic. Um, he I don't think blasted. anybody knows how to defend Luca <laughs> at this point. Yeah, exactly. He took 37 field goal attempts last uh, last game, um, and just with that kind of volume, how do you? Uh, um, how do you not get over 30? You know, last night I saw it at 29.5. I'm comfortable with 30.5 at minus 130 um, in my local bookie. So, you know, you know, he's hit that four out of the five, five games. Give me Luca over 30 and a half minus 130. There's no um, confusion here. I'm, I'm taking yeah. the over. 
I, I definitely have no argument for that one. Okay, what's your next one? Um, Marcus Morris, over four and a half rebounds. Ever since the Clippers uh, kind of taken a, um, injected Batum into the starting lineup and kind of taking Zubach out, um, I think Marcus Morris, he's, he, he's kind of, you know, you know, come into the, to the lineup here, you know, averaging 30, 30 minutes in the series. Last game, he had a series high 42 minutes. I'm taking in Marcus Morris, you know, um, over four and a half rebounds. Um, last two games, he's at seven and eight in the, in the regular season when Zubac was more, more kind of the starting, starting guy. He still had six and seven against the Mavericks. So I'm taking Marcus Morris over four and a half rebounds. Lock it in. All right. Yeah. I, I, I do think, I mean, it's going to be hard for the, the Clippers have had more success when they have gone small. However, Rick Carlisle was smart and started putting Boban in there to exploit that in the half court. Uh, any worries about Boban uh, t- taking up too many of those rebounds tonight? I, uh, yeah, that's 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 uh that's the counter angle. Um, however, um, I think this line should be at at five and a half and at four and a half at minus one fourteen odds. I'm I'm digging the four point five rather than it, what it could have been at five five and a half, maybe even six juiced up. So four and a half, I'm I'm okay. Um, even with Boban, I know the the lineup, the the little magic that uh uh Carlisle was playing. Yeah, that that was that was cute, you know. But you know, I'm not sure if that'll you know, still stick or, or land, but we'll see. All right. All right. Uh, do you have another one or just those two? Those two. That's it. All right. Uh, I'm going to throw two by you guys and see what you think. The first one is I am going to go with the rare under on this podcast. I'm going with Przingis under 16 and a half points. That's at minus 125 on my book. He only had eight shots, eight points last game he just looks completely out of sorts in this series he's looked out of sorts these most of this whole uh season um as the resident knicks fan right now on this podcast terrell how are you feeling about your old boy Przingis? hey man whoever would have thought knicks won that trade that's what i got to say um <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> did man so it's it's so frustrating to watch this as a basketball fan because Porzingis has the matchup. Like, out of mm-hmm. everybody in this series, Porzingis has the best matchup with the Clippers. He is the the one thing that they cannot guard. No matter who they have on their team, they do not have anybody that is capable of guarding him, yet he's not doing anything with it. So um, I like the play. I'm nervous about the play just because I know for a fact he's a matchup problem for them. They don't have anybody that match up with him, and he can easily – he should easily go for 20 – to 30 points in every game this series, but it just seems that as of recently, he's just not doing it. And like you said, those eight attempts. So uh, I like the play. I see where it is. Um, and it's, I, it's just a complete fade of Porzingis. It's not even just taking basketball out of it, like just fade Porzingis at this point. Yeah. Would you feel any better about the under 23 and a half points, rebounds, and assists? Um, Slightly, because I don't think he's a. Uh, I don't think he's affecting the game in any aspect right now. I think he's just like kind of running around. So that gives you a little bit more leeway, a little bit more wiggle room with it um, in case, you know, he gets going early like he does, like what a Michael Porter Jr. did last last night. Um, 
getting going uh, really, really early in the game and then disappearing off into the second half. I can see something like that for Porzingis as well. So, Yeah, my only fear with that is him uh, having, like, just suddenly having a great rebounding night because the Clippers are going so small and, and yeah. racking up more rebounds than he normally gets. But he's been playing so far away from the basket. Anyway, it's I don't like, know if... Right. No right. idea. No idea. Uh, John, what do you think about uh, Zinger tonight? Yeah, I, I don't. So um, I like both the under points and the under on the P, you know, points, rebound, assists, you know, on the 23. Like Rose said, he's not affecting the game. He's camping in the corner. He's, you know, you know, not really um, affecting the game. I, I think, you know, in terms of in terms of points, prop productions, you know, I'm, it's 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 Luca and Hardaway. You know, you you'll have your one. You know, your 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 Finney Smith may, maybe game one production. Your Kleber game two, but you know, overall, uh, I just can't you know trust Kleber or not Kleber. Um, Porzingis to to go over. Um, you know that's that's a, the the rare under is is you know the double under is probably where I go point under yeah under on his points and under on his PRAs. You know, so. Yeah, and that hey, that's saying something. You always say a life's too short for uh, unders, and if we're looking there, definitely. The other one I have, and you already mentioned uh, Batum starting, playing more. I have Batum over 8.5 points. That's at minus 105. I think that comes down to just him playing a lot more minutes tonight because that's where the Clippers have seen most of the success with him starting at center. Did... um um. Did he did he have a good game last game? Like in terms of making that making that prop, I wasn't looking uh, at it too, too too much. I need to let me let me pull up his stats real fast. Uh, Terrell, what do you think about Batum tonight? I don't think anybody. Uh, I've never had to say this uh, because he just hasn't gotten the workload in Los Angeles. But I am a Batum hater. I absolutely hated Batum on the Hornets. Um, I think everybody I hated Batum on the Hornets. Yeah, yeah, I just don't like it. Like, that that payout, oh, it's because I'm, you know, I've been down here in North Carolina for a while, so I, I've uh, been following the Hornets a little bit, and I'm just wondering why the heck the Hornets paid this man all this money, and I'm just like, uh, I'm not, I can't put my money on Nicholas Batum in this game, not with so many other options. So many other options in this game. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm. I'm not gonna touch a Nicholas Batum prop. I hear you. I hear you. But you know what? Gamblers sometimes have to make the ugly. Close your eyes and close your eyes and press that bet button. Batum yeah. has only missed that once in this series. That props he's had 11, 9, 10, and ten. In game three, he only had eight, so he missed it by just half a point. But the last two games when he was playing more minutes, playing that center position, played 36 minutes and 33 minutes, had 10 both games. So, I mean, he's not blowing by that number, but I still like he's, it, he's even though it. I'm with you. I, I don't like Batum. I I get a weird feeling every time I see him out on the court. I, I just feel like a dirty feeling watching him play. Yeah, it's just well, the like... The trend is there. The oh. trend is there. <laughs> Yeah, the trend is there. Yeah. It's just like, holy crap. Oh, Nicholas Batum is in the game. Like, wow. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, God, I forgot this guy is still in the league sometimes. But um, no, yeah, the trend is there. Definitely uh, follow the trend. I, God, I just don't like Nicholas Batum. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what decision was first, whether you, you're picking Batum 
because it's a low number or you're picking Batum because he's, he's in the starting lineup, but you know, he's, <laughs> he's covered that, you know, four out of five, you said, you know, I, I don't mind it. Like it, it does feel a little dirty, but sometimes you got to get dirty. Right. So sometimes you get dirty. Sometimes you get dirty. I like that. I, I think, like that. okay. So I think, I think my mindset is I'll bet Nicholas Batum is a singles prop, but I can't ever put my parlay on Nicholas Platoon's hands because if Nicholas Platoon blows a parlay I have, I will absolutely lose it. So I'll bet <laughs> him. Agree. I'll bet him. I'll bet him individually, but I can't put him on a parlay because that that I'll need to be checked into a mental health facility if he blows my parlay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right. Well. Uh, all right. So now uh, that leads us into our Fridays parlays. So Terrell, you're first. What do you got? Um. This is tough. Uh, hit Jong first. I'm I'm trying to get a couple of things from tomorrow uh, together. Okay. I don't have the odds on it yet. All right, Jong, what do you got? Uh, just the mini parlay. I got um, uh, the Mavericks. I'm taking the points on that Mavericks. Uh, I saw it at plus three. Is it still at plus three? The Mavericks. I'm seeing it at minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Okay. Um, um, the Mavericks are, are are the favorites tonight. Uh, no, the um, sorry, yeah, the Mavericks are getting two and a half points. Good. Okay. So so plus two and a half. Okay. Um. So I'll I'll take I'll take uh the plus two and a half, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go across sports parlay. I'll, I'll take uh the uh the Rays. Um, who they're who they're playing is is escaping my head at the moment, but uh, I'll take the Rays on the uh, money line here. Tampa Rays. Okay, money I'm line. just looking it up. They are. Let's see who are they playing tonight. You're going to baseball. I mean, you're really throwing me a curveball, <laughs> pun intended here. Um, <laughs> geez, I don't even go on MLB.com very often, so. Uh, I don't know. Okay, you're taking the Rays. Whoever they're playing, you're taking the Rays. Oh, they're playing the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers suck, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the Rangers. Yeah. So all right, I'll I'll take I'll take the Mavs plus two and a half and the and the Rays. So got it. Okay. Let's put thirty. Trell, I hope you have something more exciting than what Jong just gave us. Let <laughs> me go to MLB.com. No. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm staying in the association for this one, but we're gonna go the over the whole weekend. So hopefully, you get a good payout at, after the weekend's done. Um, I got a 14 uh, 10 to one parlay. We'll kick it off with Tim Hardaway Jr. over two and a half threes. I gave a prop out earlier. Really like he's hitting four and five. Uh, we're going Chris Middleton over 21 and a half points against the Nets. Nets abysmal on defense. Middleton is the guy in that offense when they get in the late game. And I think this is going to be a close one. I'm pretty sure Middleton's going to have the ball in his hand and a chance to make plays. I like him getting over this 21 and a half. Uh, and then for the Hawks versus the 76ers, I would take the 76ers minus two and a half. Uh, completely fade the Hawks in this series. I think that um, the even if Joel doesn't go, I think the uh, – 76ers have enough defensively to kind of keep those guys at bay. They got defensive player of the year, uh, hopefully in the wings waiting for Trey Young. So I'd like to see what happens with that. And then I will also go ahead and I'll, I'll ride the wave and keep it going. I got the Suns minus five and a half uh, for the last game. 
and just gonna ride the wave and hopefully they hopefully they cast something nice for us. So uh 10 to 1, Tim Hardaway Jr. to over two and a half threes, Chris Middleton over 21 and a half points. I got the 76ers two and a half and the Suns minus five and a half. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Well, you know what? I am gonna go with uh, an un- my rare unders Friday's parlays. I'm going zinger under 16 and a half points. I'm going zinger under 23 and a half points, rebounds and assists. And I'm taking the under on the total tonight uh, for the game overall. And that is going to be around plus 300. So not as exciting as Terrell's, but it will pay off. You, you, know, you know whether you win or not tonight at the, by the end of tonight. So uh, there you go. Guys, where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Yeah, uh, Terrell, let's go on, with you. Yeah, you can find me on all social media at reallyrail underscore underscore. R-E-A-L-L-Y, R-E-L-L, underscore, underscore, um, talking about anything and everything. All right. You doing any writing these days for SGPN? Oh, of course. Definitely. Uh, catch me on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, ramping up. We're getting back into college season, so I can't wait to uh, just tag team with the great staff we got and be able to create some content for that. So check out College Football Experience. Uh I have um, maybe some small cameos, something for the people to see. All right, all right, all right, John. What do you got? Twitter, Twitter is Nike M Vic Seven, and my um, that's really it. Um, you um, ever gonna all. turn that uh, Twitter off of private? Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I should, I should. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, I like it. Make people follow you. Make you make uh, make those uh, make it kind of seem like an exclusive club to follow you. I got you. I got yeah. No, too. I I, I should unlock it because uh, now now I'm starting to kind of do some stuff for SGPN a little bit. So yeah, we'll we'll start doing that. Absolutely. Unlock. The other thing Jong has to plug is he is on a road trip, just eating. He just went on a food road trip, which uh, Terrell and I are very uh, envious of. And you're gonna go get some breakfast tacos this morning in San Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 what I hear is the thing to do. And of course, that's on my agenda today, right now, after this. All right. Well, maybe you unlock your Twitter and foodies can start following you for recommendations on your food road trips. Absolutely. Good call. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks so much, guys. Have a great weekend, and I hope it pays off well for you. Basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm going to go get it. Basketball.